let's get into the word of God this morning. We've been in our series that we have titled Kingdom Principles. And for the benefit of those who may not have been with us, the word principle, as used in the context that we are studying, is the guiding belief or law that governs the kingdom of God. And so kingdom principles are uh, something that every Christian must structure their life around. We've got to structure our life around these, uh, these spiritual laws, the guidance of the Holy Spirit to live a life that will please God. So they're critical for you and I to understand and to put into practice in our life. And we've been using the gospel of Matthew to identify these kingdom principles because Matthew's gospel is known as the gospel of the king. Matthew identifies Jesus Christ as the king, the Messiah, more than the other gospels. And so today we're going to continue our journey through Matthew. We're going to look at chapter three in a moment. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there. We're going to talk about a kingdom principle today that is often difficult for a lot of Christians to embrace, to accept, because it, it often contradicts their concept of a loving God. So let's look at Matthew chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the, for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think that you can say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The ax is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hands. Oh, you know what? I went a few verses past that. Let me just pause there then. Let's pray. Father, We've read your word, and now as I begin to share the thoughts you've put in my heart for all of us, I pray this morning for the help of the Holy Spirit. 
This is a critical kingdom principle that we all not just need to understand, but be willing to put into practice in our life, oh God. We want to live a life that pleases you, Lord. So kingdom principles are so critical for us to understand and to apply and to live our life by. So, Father, this morning, I trust for the guidance of the Holy Spirit, for his help. I pray for all of us here in this room, those that are watching, oh God, on social media of one kind or another, that we would all be given an ear to hear what your spirit has to say to us this morning. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, boy, that sounds so good. I haven't said that in a while. So as we just read, John the Baptist was a man sent by God to prepare the way for the King, Jesus Christ. And he calls the people to repent. That's how he wants to prepare the people. He calls them to repent now, again, I want to make sure we're all on the same page, so let me just take a moment to say, talk about repentance and what that means. To repent means simply to change one's lifestyle away from sin to righteousness, to right living. That's what repentance is. It's not confession. I can confess I've sinned, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop sinning. Confession is much different than repentance. Repentance says, I am going to change my lifestyle. And so John now sees the Pharisees and the Sadducees also coming, and they were noted as the religious sect, the extreme religious sect of the, of the Jewish nation. And many of these were the leaders that would love to go around and look at the newest Thing that was happening uh, just to make sure that it lined up with their traditions and their teachings. And so John sees the Sadducees and the Pharisees and he warns them. He, he tells them that they cannot escape the judgment to come. Pastor Tom, I see, I'm, this is really popping. Do you need me to use a regular handheld mic? If so, you can just bring it up for me. So now he tells them that they, they're not going to escape the judgment that's coming, that in order to escape that judgment is coming, he tells them that they need to produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Now, I want to give you a much more modern translation of that verse in verse 8 so that you can get a good picture of what that means, uh, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. In, in the New Living Translation, it says this, Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. That is what keeping fruit is all about. In other words, listen to me now. This is important that we get this this morning. Fruit is the proof of a changed life. Let me say that one more time so that we make sure fruit is the proof, the evidence of a changed life. In other words, I, there has to be some evidence in my life that, that I have left my sinful lifestyle and that now I have turned to God. And notice that John said any tree that did not produce fruit 
would be judged by being thrown into the fire. And the fire here is symbolic for eternal punishment. Any tree that didn't bear fruit in keeping with repentance would be judged by spending eternity in fire, judgment from God. Jesus also echoed these words. Matthew chapter 7, verse 19. What does it say there? Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So in other words, here's the, that, that spiritual principle, that kingdom principle that we need to look at that sometimes people have a difficult time dealing with that oh, such a loving God now is saying, if you do not have this fruit in your life, if there is not this evidence that you have turned away from sin, you will be judged and you will spend eternity in fire. And John declared to these Sadducees and these Pharisees, the religious people, that their religious heritage would not save them from being thrown into the fire. In other words, they couldn't rest or depend on their religion to save them. The connection for you and I here today. This kingdom principle. Here it is. We must, everybody say that with me. We must produce fruit to gain entrance into the kingdom of God. We must produce fruit to gain entrance into the kingdom of God. As John warned, religion will not gain us entrance into the kingdom of God. In other words, let me simplify for us this morning. Producing fruit is our ticket to heaven. Producing fruit is our ticket to heaven. And so I've titled this message, It's All About Fruit. Fruit, the proof of a changed life. That's what our, uh, what's our ticket to heaven. Why is that important? Because we have to have evidence that we have left our sinful lifestyle and have turned to follow after God. Now, being a Christian, using that terminology, calling yourself Christian doesn't make you one. Listen, when I, when I was growing up, if I was ever asked, even as a teenager, what's your religion or what do you believe? It was automatic. I would say, well, I'm a Christian. I was living like the devil but I called myself a Christian. Right? That's what I identified. That was my religion that I identified with. I am a Christian because I certainly didn't want to call myself a heathen. And I, so I said, hey, what am I? I'm a Christian. That's what I, I believe that about Jesus and all that kind of stuff. So I'm a Christian. Even though I wasn't living like one, that's what I called myself. And it's not enough to just say you're a Christian. Now, here's where it's going to get even more rocky. It's also not enough to embrace Jesus Christ as your Savior. Let me explain what I mean by that. There are times where people will 
listen to the message of the gospel, the good news about how much Jesus loves them and died for them, that if they will say yes to him and invite him into their heart, if they would say the sinner's prayer, that they would be saved. And there's a measure of truth to that. But, but you got to understand something. Simply saying the sinner's prayer doesn't make you a Christian. There are a lot of people that say, well, I got it in my Bible on January the 5th, uh, 1979, I, I got saved. I gave my heart to Jesus. Why? Because I either in church or somewhere, I, I said the sinner's prayer, I gave my heart to Jesus. That's why I know I'm a Christian. But saying the sinner's prayer doesn't make you a Christian. I'm going to go one step more. Behind us is a baptism tank. You can be baptized and say, I'm a Christian and I'm going to live for Jesus. And you could be baptized before an entire congregation. And baptism in and of itself doesn't make you a Christian. You see, it's all about fruit. Come on, say that with me. It's all about fruit fruit. One more time. It's all about fruit. Our lifestyle must prove that we have, in fact, turned to God, turned away from sin. There has to be evidence, in other words, that our life has changed. And by that, I'm talking, let me get, break it down and get very practical. There has to be evidence that my speech is different. Come on, we can say, well, I go to church regularly and, you know, I, 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 uh, I, I said the sinner's prayer and I was baptized. But man, when I get around my boys, then, you know, my speech doesn't reflect that I'm a Christian. Let me ask you, does your speech at home prove that you're a Christian? Oh, yeah, we can, talk, we can talk all the right talk in church. But talking the right talk in church doesn't make you a Christian. You have to have evidence in your life. When you're on your job and everybody is fooling around and they're all cracking jokes and they're talking about, oh, and the guys are talking about, look at her and look at how, what she's dressed. And if you're right there with you, does your speech... Reflect that you're a Christian, that you have turned away from sin to follow Jesus. Buckle your seatbelt. We're not done yet. What about when you're having a disagreement? Oh, yeah. When you're having a disagreement, is there evidence that you're a Christian? Or do words come out they used to come out a long time ago. I don't need to say them. In fact, I better not say them here on the platform. But you know what I'm talking about. Well, all of a sudden, you're spewing out curses like you're a truck driver. And no offense to Vince. Where Vince? My brother, fellow truck driver there back like there. I love truck drivers. Let me get on the record here. That's an expression, okay? You get the point. My actions, 
do my actions demonstrate that I'm a Christian? When I'm in school, although school is hard to come by these days and go in there, or when I'm just hanging out, when I'm with family, and what I'm engaged in, can I say that this action that I'm engaged in demonstrates, proves that I'm a Christian, that I love Jesus, that I'm living right before God, you see. This is what we're talking about this morning. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6 says this, whoever claims to live in him, meaning God, must live as Jesus did. See, it's one thing to say I'm a Christian, it's another thing to live it. We've got to understand this morning that this kingdom principle is all so critical because it's all about fruit. It's all about the evidence in our life that you and I are in fact born again, that you and I are in fact living our life. We've turned away from a sinful lifestyle and we are now walking with God, allowing God to move into our hearts and to deal with our life, to help us in our speech, to help us in our actions. And before we can say, well, I got that all down pat, let me remind us all of what the Bible teaches about fruit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. In other words, what the Bible is describing here is the character trait of this fruit that we are all supposed to have as evidence in our life, that we are supposed to be living a life that everything that we say, everything that we do is bathed in love. And don't talk to me about Loving your spouse, that's a given, at least it's supposed to be. Loving your family, loving one another in church. How about that person that you know rubs you the wrong way? Jesus talked about, if you love only those who love you, why, how are you different? Those that, that hate God do that. You see, to, for you and I to understand this kingdom principle, that there has to be evidence in our life. If we're going to call ourselves Christians, if we're going to live and walk the Christian walk, then we have to live as Jesus lived. We have to make sure that there's evidence of love in our life, in everything that we say, in everything that we do. We have to make sure that there is joy and peace. Forbearance, that means patience. Kindness. But we live in a day and age where so many people are so angry, where so many people are not showing gentleness or goodness or kindness or patience. You see, to live bearing fruit today means you're going to stand out. It means people are going to know that you're a Christian.
You don't have to say you're a Christian. They could see it in your life. There's evidence. There's, there's proof that you are, in fact, a child of God. Have you ever been in that place many years ago when I was in the business world? Have you ever noticed, especially usually on the job, although it can happen in school sometimes, that when people know you're a Christian, they're waiting for you to mess up. Their eyes always on you. They're waiting to see, are you going to lose it like I lose it? So that they can retort or come back at you and you call yourself a Christian. It may seem unfair, but the truth of the matter is, if we want to enter into the kingdom of heaven, we have to recognize that we have to produce fruit in order to gain entrance into God's kingdom. That is all about fruit this morning. Listen to the words of Jesus himself. I'm going to look at John's gospel now. In John's gospel, the first eight verses, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and that means he's talking to you and I here today. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Here it is. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. It means you're attached. You said yes to Jesus. You've made the sinner's prayer, and you maybe even been baptized. You come to church regularly. You're attached. But the Father looks and examines the life of every believer, everyone who calls themselves Christians, and if there is no fruit, Jesus said, my Father cuts them off. See, this is the, that, that kingdom principle that people have a hard time. How could a loving God do that? Because in the kingdom of God, it's all about fruit. There has to be the evidence in your life and in my life that we have, in fact, turned away from sin and began serving God. It's important that we recognize that. Let me, let me emphasize this for a moment because I feel that I'll continue reading in a moment and get back to it. But repentance means that it's not enough just to say no to sin. In other words, before I gave my heart to Jesus, I was doing drugs. Here I am doing drugs. And now I can stop doing drugs, but that's not repentance if I don't turn to God. I have to stop doing drugs and live that lifestyle and say, now I'm going to follow after the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to structure my life around the word of God and around the spirit of God. That's what true repentance is. Sometimes as children of God, as those who profess to be Christian, we think just turning away from sin is sufficient. And we think that that's repentance, but that's not repentance. God wants us to make sure that we all understand clearly here this morning that repentance is I have to turn away and turn towards. Now, back to my scripture. Let me do verse 2 again. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. 
while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask what you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much what? Come on, say it. Much what? Much fruit. Here it goes. Showing yourself to be my disciples. So in other words, I need a tissue, excuse me. In other words, we find that Jesus here in, in talking about this analogy of that he is the vine and you and I are the branches that come out of the vine. We're attached. But the whole goal of the gardener, which is the heavenly father, is I have to see fruit. It's not enough that I see a branch. I have to see fruit. And if there's no fruit on the branch, ultimately, the father decides, cut the branch off. Yeah, 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 but they made a confession of faith, but they have no fruit. And it's all about fruit. While everyone who does bear fruit, the father prunes, which means he cuts, he moves, uh, cuts around the branches so that it can become more fruitful because it's all about fruit. And so Jesus now gives us the indication, the key to you and I bearing fruit. He said, you got to remain in me. And my word has to remain in you. The word remain there means to stay in close relationship with. So Jesus is saying, the only way, Carlos, that you can bear fruit is you have to stay in very close relationship with me. And my word has to remain close to you. Listen to me this morning. If you want to bear fruit, if you want a ticket to heaven, if you understand this dynamic kingdom principle, you realize, man, it's not even enough to go to church regularly. That's not what it's about. It's all about fruit. In other words, there has to be evidence in my life. There has to be a change in my character, a continuous change in my character where I become more Christ-like. There has to be a continuous change in my speech. There has to be a continuous change in my, in my, in my behavior, the things that I'm engaged in. People have to be able to look at my life, to examine my speech and say, there is a Christian. And if they cannot say that easily, then there is no fruit. And when there's no fruit, 
there's the danger of being cut off by the Father. And so if we want to bear fruit, then we have to stay in that close relationship with the Lord. We have to stay close to him through his word. This has to become a daily part of our life, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to me. There is no magic in bearing fruit. Notice Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Zero. You can't bear fruit on your own. Come on. You, you, without Jesus, you're in the supermarket and, and things will go crazy and, and the line in front of you that you thought was the short line winds up being the long line. I've said the before, there's an area that I really struggle with that uh, on patience and I can't, if I haven't been spending time alone with God, I can't just stand there and say, I'm going to produce patience. Here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. You know, bloop, there's that little thing there. You see it there, there's that little fruit there. It doesn't work that way. You and I cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit. Only the Spirit can produce that. How does that work? We have to stay close to Jesus every single day. God, I want to spend time alone with you. I want to spend time alone with your word. Every marriage has struggle in it. But God, I want to be a good husband. I want to, I want to be, love my wife. I want to be patient with my wife. I want to show her kindness. I want to do all the things that the Bible tells me to do, the fruit. I want to have that evidence in my life. Well, how is that going to happen if I never spend time with God? We need to spend time with the Lord. That's the only way our marriages are going to be strong. It's the only way our family will be strong. Listen. Your children, let me talk to dads for a moment. Your children don't need you working 40 hours a week and then another job somewhere else and you're never home, you're always busy. They need to see dad at home, but they need to see dad at home living as a Christian. You can't tell your children, do as I say, not as I do. They need to see how you conduct yourself. They need to hear the right speech coming out of your mouth. And I'm not limiting this to dads. Come on, moms. We're in, you're in the same place. Parents, we want our children to walk godly, right? Come on. Isn't that the heart of every parent? You want your child to live a, a godly life? Well, you're the one that they have to look at and see. You're, the, you're their example. And, and that's the challenge that we have as parents, that we have to be living the life so that our children can see, my dad always treats mom right. I want to be like dad one day. My mom, she never talks back to dad in a bad way. She honors my dad. I want to marry a woman like that one day. We're talking about the proof, the evidence that we have turned away from sin to follow after God. Worship team, if you would come back up, please. As they come, final verses that I want to share with you from Luke chapter 13, beginning in verse 6. This is Jesus again talking. Then he said this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard. 
And he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I have been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. This was the Lord Jesus Christ using a, a parable, a physical story to communicate a spiritual message. And that message is that there are times where God's saying, I've been waiting for you to bear fruit and I haven't found any yet. I'm going to cut you down. I'm going to cut you off. But Jesus, who ever lives to intercede for us, it tells the Father, give me one more time, one more chance to work in them and see if we can get the fruit that you're looking for. And if not, then we could cut that down. Now, what does that mean? It means two things. First of all, and most importantly is, God doesn't wait forever for there to be fruit in our life. I can't tell you how long God will wait, but there is a time limit on that. It might be different for you than it is for me. But we need to understand that God is looking for fruit in our life. And if he doesn't find it, there is a time where God comes and says, enough, I've waited enough. It's time to cut it off. And I thank God for the intercession, the praying of Jesus Christ, who intercedes for you and for me, asking the Father to wait, to give us more time, God is giving us time. That's why he, he's put this word in my heart for all of us here today. To help us to recognize it's all about fruit. This is the kingdom principle. You do not gain entrance into the kingdom of God without producing fruit. Doesn't matter what you call yourself. It doesn't matter what your religious affiliations may be. It doesn't matter what church you attend, how long you've attended it. It doesn't matter that you walk around with a Bible. You have to produce fruit. You and I need to produce fruit. Stand with me.